1: That's blue
2: And welcome to The Queen Pod, a podcast all about the incredible rock group Queen. My name is Simon Lupton and joining me is a man who loves Queen more than Peaches and me love a dungeon. It's Rohan Ataria. <laughs> oh, it's good. He's getting, I'm into, getting, into, into, getting into it, getting it now. Into would you go into a dungeon it. with someone called Peaches?
1: Yes, I would, and I would never leave. No, <laughs> I'd be happy in there.
2: Yeah, no, there we go. Um, as always, we are being assisted by producer Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello. And today we are going to Gosh. be revisiting the days when Brian, Roger and Freddie first met with someone who was actually there. So stay with us for that. But before we reveal who we are going to be talking to, let's find out if Queen are the champions. Ooh. Ooh.
0: The we are the
2: so this is the part where we get to share a moment where Queen, either intentionally or unexpectedly, have crept into our lives. Um, Ro, mm. has that happened to you this week? Yeah, month? absolutely. Has it? Yeah, Do share. Well, OK, let me set the scene. So... <coughs> so...
1: So, as you know, we are now recording in person, this podcast, which is wonderful stuff. We're
2: literally We're We're doing doing it right now.
1: Yes, we're looking at each other, which is wonderful, actually, and better. Hmm. But, sadly, uh, literally a couple of days before we were due to be sat here recording, our um, podcast studio that we've been using, it was no longer available due to, I don't know, flooding or building issues. So, I had to pull in a favour with old Kennington Studios where we made the time traveller video for Brian. Mm-hmm. So, I ring up dear old Andy, who does all the bookings here, uh, literally yesterday. And he picks up the phone, and the first thing he says is, No way, I am listening to Hammer to Fall right now. Whoa. Right
2: now. And that was my <laughs> <exactly>. Queen <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you want from
2: me? Well that's more Andy's Queen moment, that he was in no, the Queen and then you phoned him up. But imagine what are the odds that I have that power that every time I call someone they're
1: already listening to a Queen song. That's yeah. that's a hell of a moment. Yeah. It's all a matter of perspective. Like from your perspective, you think it's coincidence and that Andy was listening to and I happened to ring at the same time. Yeah. But that can't be the case because as we all know, coincidences don't happen. No right? Everything is causality. So, obviously, the fact that I was ringing him is
2: why... No?
3: No, no. I, I, no, no. <laughs> why he was already listening to a
2: song. Yes, yeah. that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess we would take it for granted, don't we? Because if you or I were to phone each other, we wouldn't go, oh, wow, I've just been listening to a Queen song and now you're cool. Because the chances are we are going to be listening to a Queen yeah, song. Yeah, exactly. So it has and to also,
1: I mean, I, it, it, maybe it is a coincidence, but also... A couple of years ago when we were in here, Andy and I were messing around with his ringtones and we set hammer to Fall" for whenever
2: I ring. Do you think that's what he was listening to then? It, what he wasn't actually <laughs> listening to <laughs> it, was just his phone. I like it, I like it.
1: Huh? Yeah, Yeah. We know the champions! We of the champions, there you
3: go.
2: Are we sticking with this format? Okay, never are
3: all being cut.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It depends how many you've got. Okay, let's crack on. Not enough (laughs) before anyone else switches off. Mm. Uh, And let's have our chat. Yes. Okay, I think it's fair to say that we will all be forever grateful to whatever gods, fates, stars or sheer blind luck it was that conspired to bring Roger, Brian, Freddie and John together so that they could form a band that occupies way more of our lives than it probably should. (laughs) Ours is not to ask how or why that happened and merely just be extremely grateful that it did. However, it shouldn't stop us wondering what those early moments were like and dream about the day when we might chat to someone who was actually there. Well, we at The Queen Pod strive to make your dreams come true, with varying degrees of success, I might add. Now, Chris (laughs) Smith was at Ealing Art College at the same time as Freddie, and they subsequently became friends. And he also played keyboards in Smile, along with Brian and Roger. And so, as you can imagine, Chris is uniquely placed to give an up-close and personal perspective of that time. On top of that, Chris has written a book about his life in music, The Smile File, and we are delighted to be joined by him now on Zoom. Hello, Chris, and thanks for coming on the Queen Pod. It's nice to see you.
4: Good to see you,
2: yeah. I'm just going to wade straight in, if, if that's all right. Um, yeah. In, in your book, uh, you talk about your time at Ealing College and being part of that sort of London music scene that included Imperial College as well, where Bre- uh, where Brian was. That's right. What, what can you remember of that time and that scene? Because reading about it in the book, it just said, I'd so wanted to be there. It just
4: sounds <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, when I first got to Ealing, the first person I met was Tim Staffel. And mm. then Freddie was, he was on my course. And Freddie was upstairs on the fashion course for a while, but eventually, I don't know how, he managed to we'd lose away onto our course because he spent a lot of time with me and Tim because our heads were full of rock and roll like his. <laughs> he obviously uh, was a, a, a very talented singer. We found that out straight away uh, and a fascinating guy. It was obvious that he knew uh, that he was going to be famous, you know, <laughs> very famous. He said to me, I'm going to be mega, you know, and I said, how, how mega is that? Is that as mega as Jimi Hendrix? He went, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was clearly looking at seeing into the future, you know,
0: and I yeah. sat next
4: to him for two years. So I got to know him pretty well. And during that time, uh, well, Tim's band 1984, he had a band mm. f- f- from Hampton mm. Grammar School called 1984, which you probably know. And uh Brian was in that band. They played the Christmas dance at Ealing, and Freddie and I obviously were there at the front. And uh, I said to Tim a couple of days later, I said, the band's really good, but you and uh, and that guitarist, I didn't know who he was, I said, that guitarist and you were, were particularly good. I mean, Tim had a, a kind of uh, a confidence I'd never seen before and a power in his voice. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, And and he said, oh, the band's breaking up. So I said, well, look, you and that guitarist, we'll we'll meet up and and do something. So we met in a pub in Wardour Street, and uh, I liked Brian straight away, and obviously they were great friends. We decided we'd start a band, we needed a drummer, and Brian said, oh, I'll I'll put an advert on the uh, notice board at Imperial College, and of course, Roger answered the advert, and the rest is history, really, yeah.
2: I and mean, that that's what's so great about about being able to talk to you because um there are stories in the formation of a queen or the transition from smile to mm. to queen that have become legendary in, in in queen
4: history but you but you were there <laughs> some people some people don't remember Uh, Very well, I have to say, I won't mention any names, but but I have a very good memory. I've got the uh, long-term memory. I mean, I can't Mm. remember what I've just gone upstairs for. But but the thing is, I can remember, I've got snapshots in my mind, and I can go into those snapshots and remember pretty much exactly what happened, you know, in those days, Uh, and uh, which is why I wrote the book. I mean, I thought if I just wrote about Smile, it'd be a very thin volume. (laughs) <laughs> uh, because I was on in it for five minutes, you know. But uh, at the same time, I thought, well, I'll write from when I first got involved with uh, guitars and, uh, and and interested in getting into bands when I was uh, in my early teens and then going right through to now uh, with my current band, the CJ Smith band, you know. Mm. Available for uh, parties and bar etc. Well, <laughs> <and, laughs> yeah. And Jubilees. Um... Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 anytime, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another jubilee will happily come along. <laughs> and so that that's really where where I was coming from. Mm. I wrote about my, my musical life uh, uh, right right through that time and and right up to now. But it, uh, I, I tried to put the 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 smile and the Queen stories in 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 various places to, uh so that to keep the interest really you know <laughs> yes, of, of anybody yeah. of, of, of the queen family yeah i only sent the book out to about four publishers and i got a letter back from this guy and he signed me up straight away you know Brilliant. but it was really it was really the smile connection that did it i know not no illusions delu- about that hmm. really
1: <laughs> it's lovely the way that's woven through that I think it works. Yeah, yes, I, think it, I works. think it does. It's your musical journey, and and, yeah. and particularly your 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 obsession with blues and all that kind of stuff. that's yeah. the story. That's um, right. And I'm blown away by your memory actually because the, the detail of all the names of all the particular kids yeah. that were you were running around with, or, or you know, oh. Mm. And particularly the girls, I was very impressed that you remembered the name of all the girls. <laughs> so <was> <laughs> um, yeah. But I was, I was very struck by, like Simon was saying, just how much was happening around that time. Of you know that, that you would literally run into David. Bowie and uh, and and you and Freddie would set up a stage
0: for him. With a
4: load of oh, uh, yeah! I'll just I'll quickly take you through that one. We we used to go down to the to meet them. There were a lot of musicians came. It was Wednesday lunchtime session at the, at the in the refectory at Ealing College. So so lots of people came. Like you know, uh, T Rex, uh, people like the Savoy Brown Blues Band, uh, people like. Um, Um, Roy Harper they were they were regulars because they probably lived in South London and we heard Bowie was coming so we'd heard Space Oddity and we thought we'd go meet him so uh, it was usually Tim and Freddie and me that would do this and we'd tell them that we were from the students union which is a complete lie we weren't (laughs) just so hoping that some nugget of of musical genius would impart itself to us (laughs) and uh, anyway so this particular day Tim must have been away because it was just me and Freddie sitting in the, in the glass fronted uh, uh, entrance to the college. And this red Renault pulled up and out stepped the future Ziggy himself wow. Uh, wow. In, in a teacher and jeans, you know. So we said, oh, we're from the Students' Union, you know, and he passed us our game and went into the canteen. And he said, uh, you guys are going to have to build new stage, you know. <laughs> we didn't say you're going to have to help me build a stage. we <laughs> used to, to giving orders, you know. So we were carrying these really heavy uh, refectory tables that were hurting our fingers. I mean, it's difficult to to look. I look back on it now and I think, it's it's off the scale that me and the future Freddie Mercury built a stage for Bowie. Our, our refectory tables, but it's true. We did, you know. These things happened. It was the 1960s, crazy things happened, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean that that's that feels unimaginable now that Yeah, you, know, you could just I mean, I, I remember there's a moment in your book where you talk about just being at a bar and, and Eric Clapton's there and even yeah. at that time you know, you regarded him as a god, so it's not like he was unknown, yet he could just yeah. hang out in the bar with you and watching another band. I mean, that's unimaginable now, isn't it, for anyone. I didn't exactly hang out,
4: out with Well, out. you
2: know, you're, ne- <laughs> you're next to each other at a bar. I'm, that, for yeah. me, that's hanging out with someone,
4: so yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I met a few people. I met, I met Jeff Beck. That was very nice. He was a very nice guy. And he told me yeah. all these wonderful stories about his life, and that was brilliant, yeah. So, yeah, I did meet a few interesting people, apart from the Queen guys, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: spent uh, lockdown uh, living in Ealing on the Mall, the bit that connects the Broadway to the Common.
4: Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah. I
1: was living in a flat there, and Mm. I was there for about three, four years, I think. And every time I was walking around Ealing, or particularly the Common, I was always Mm. wondering, God, do you reckon those guys, all you lot, were just getting... Pissed up on the benches and coming up with music around here. And stuff. <laughs> I was just well,
4: wondering, where did you tend to hang out? Well, across the road from the uh, from the college, there was uh, across the the green, across the in Common. Yeah, was a music shop, and uh, Freddie used to to drag me across the road to the music shop to show me his latest song. <laughs> so we'd we'd ask the guy to uh, to get. The, the, a, a, a Fender guitar off the off the wall, and he played me the song, and then hand it back. We only ever we only bought a plectrum or a or, <laughs> or, or a guitar string. I mean, we were broke. We were students, you know. But he was so keen to impress me with his new songs. I mean, I had no illusions. It was because he was wanted to be in Smile. He was desperate to be in Smile.
0: Yeah, I tried.
4: Right. I I tried to get him into the band. I had a word with Brian, but he said, "Oh, Tim's the lead singer. He won't wear it." So I didn't. Mm. I didn't push the point, you know. But, uh, Where did that come
1: from? That that why was he suddenly obsessed with that particular band? Was it the Brian and Roger element at that
4: point, or he could he could see the talent in that band, you know, and uh, he he wanted in, and 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 I wanted him in the band as well. I mean, we had, I had this vision of two keyboards, you know, would have been nice. That yeah, would have been. And uh, I was very steeped in uh, American blues music. Well, I mean, it's not all American, it comes from here. I mean, it's ours as well, you know. The things we were listening to didn't really do it for me. But, you know, bands like ES and, and Led Zeppelin, you know, prog rock and and heavy rock wasn't really for me. Uh, and also I had this uh, this this uh, organ that was um, a Selma Capri. Uh, it was, I'd been in a soul band before that and... Uh, it was great in the soul band, but it wasn't going to make it in a heavy rock band. You know, I needed Alan, wow. really. And on a student mm. grant and not being able to drive, mm-hmm. you'd need a Leslie Cabin anyway. So all these things added up. I knew the writing was on the wall, really, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, and... Uh, so as I say, I, uh, the, I don't like the word sacked. It's a very ugly word, but I think of it as a shrewd career move on my part. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned
1: in the book that you actually sort of preemptively stepped away. You took the decision out of their hands. Well,
4: I think they'd made the decision before I actually. I think I just right, got right. did he follow? Was he pushed? You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: that's that's the thing that that really stood out for me about reading your book is it, is. It's incredibly honest. I mean, you are you were very open about, you know, how, like you say, the decision to sort of leave Smile, but also, you know, you talk about times where you you knew you weren't fulfilling your potential and you didn't know who you were musically. And so, it's 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 quite a vulnerable book in that in that sense. Was that a message you wanted to share, or or is it just a happy byproduct of your storytelling?
4: Well, no, I mean, I, um, I, it, it was, it was, uh, I had a lot of personal problems. I was adopted when I was a kid, so I really didn't know who I was for oh. a long time. And I found my family in 2002 in Ireland. And, oh,
2: wow.
4: Uh, and that was like, um, suddenly I had a foundation to my life. And uh, uh, oh. and that meant an awful lot, really. It was like yeah. the, earth wire, the earth wire had finally been attached, you know.
1: Yeah, oh, and sure.
4: So I was pretty lost as a young man really. Uh, but as far as the uh, the music goes I, I I wasn't happy with the the music, but I loved the creativity and, mm. and, and Freddie got me writing songs and and I loved that and Brian was writing songs and, uh, and and I loved the putting the arrangements together even for the short time I was with them. but I knew them before and I knew them after that when they formed Queen for a while until I came back up here in 74. Uh, I lost touch with them at that point. Uh, but up to then, uh, I, 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 would, I would go around and visit them at their houses and, and uh, hang out with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still friends, even though I wasn't in the band, you know. Yeah, that's
1: great. Were well, they good fun to hang out with them? Because you mentioned a yeah. lot how much you value Sense of Humour. In
4: the, yeah, of you know, course. Oh, well, Freddie particularly. I mean, he's incredibly rude and vulgar at times, but he's always <laughs> funny, and he'd always say the most outrageous things, but he'd crack you up laughing. He's a very funny guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's
1: beautiful. The other, yeah. there's a couple of things that you mentioned there uh, about the songwriter, which I want to get into. But one of the things that genuinely fascinated me, because uh, my uh, Contact with music started early at school, and it was uh, initially through choir and, and religious music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. the fact that your grounding was it, to a great extent with the organ, and that you talk about Bach a lot, and how yeah. much that informed your approach to music. And obviously, there's a huge amount of that in Queen, and, and I noticed mm. that little story of you and freddie coming and literally grilling you about how the organ worked and everything like that
4: well i mean when i was 17 i was doing recitals at my local church you know even though i'd lost my faith by that time um and um yeah freddie would come along to the i was i was still doing a, a music degree uh, which I right. never completed because that with my artwork and everything, it became too much. And besides, at that time, I just got involved with Smile, you know. Right, yeah. Which kind of took priority, really. Yeah, yeah. And so it didn't seem to matter. But uh, Freddie would come along. I'd rehearse at this church in Acton, and Freddie would come along with me and two or three times and he'd check, turn the pages and he'd ask me how the foot pedals worked and the stops. And that's when one day he pulled all the stops out and said, OK. Play, give me some loving, you know. <laughs> it. So I said, Oh, you get me thrown out, you know. I'm bound for this. I'll oh, go on and play it. And, uh, so he's dancing down the aisle and singing at the top of his voice, like, as I said in the book, like, like he was playing at Wembley. Fat and chance of that. Then. Did he have
1: all the moves already?
4: All the moves. I mean, his room in Ely, he had, a, he had a full-length mirror with a picture of Jimi Hendrix, a full-length poster of Jimi Hendrix at the side of this mirror. And I'm trying to write songs with him, and I'm sitting there, and, and he's posing in the mirror doing all the moves. Wow. A, or Elin, you know, he'd be playing his ruler, left hand. That's amazing. And you're trying to have a conversation with him, and he's and he's going. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you think he was just nuts then, or was there something no. possessed about him that you can't? Well, there
4: was something possessed about him, but I mean, you know. It, it, with freddy is what you see is what you get you know i mean he's yeah. exactly as you'd imagine he was you know <laughs> but but he did have this sense of immortality you know that he could see into the future and mm. no doubt no doubt that he was going to be a superstar you know, as he said wow wow
1: to be that possessed of yourself and manifest that i would never met
4: anybody before or since with that sense of destiny wow I I think somebody like Bob Dylan probably knew was going to be one of the immortals, and Freddie had a bit of that.
2: Wow, that's incredible! You um, talked about you know sharing songwriting experiences with Freddie, and you mentioned one particular song in your book, the Cowboy. The Cowboy song.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I called it the Cowboy song simply for reference. It was one of his bits. I mean, he he wrote me into songwriting because I was in Smile, obviously. But he'd written all these bits of songs mm. and uh, he wanted me to, to, to help him link them together uh, and I soon cottoned on to the the idea that you know a song like the Beatles day in the life was two songs put together yes. But why not why not do three or four songs put together you know mm. what, that was probably the way to go and it was more interesting than you know verse chorus verse chorus bridge verse chorus sort of thing uh, the traditional way of writing songs, and uh, the Beatles had sort of set the, uh, the path to that, really. And uh, so one of his bits was, was Mama just killed a man, put a gun against his head, pulled my trigger, now he's dead. And I called it the cowboy song, for, for reference. <laughs> and and, and I, I'd always put that in the centre. I always think we must put that bit in, because it's really strong, you know? Uh, yeah. He had, he had lots of other bits that were good, and we put them in different orders and uh, uh, I mean I mean the first time he we went I, I had access to the music department because I was doing this music degree and we'd go and hammer the, after after college you go down there and hammer on the piano you see mm. and I remember him with his head in his hands saying oh why are we so crap how come how come Brian and Tim can write songs What's why, why are we so crap because Brian and Tim had written Step On Me which we were very impressed with you oh. see
0: mm. Know what I said when I saw you crying
4: had written earth you know afraid you thought oh why, you come and help me with all these bits i've got you know yeah so yeah. we put them together in different ways uh, and eventually the my only contribution was the link from the day in the life you know woke up fell out of bed you know doo, doo, yeah. doo, which eventually became uh, "I see a little silly uh, yes no dum, 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 that's my dum. only contribution really, well was, oh, that's, it's a that's, pretty big one that's a pretty good one yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not claiming any royalties here <laughs> <laughs> we, we would we would put all these bits together in different ways you know in different mm. and uh and then uh it was seven years later that, uh, well, well, I'm probably the first person to hear the first drafts of that song. But seven years later, I watched Top of the Pops. Seven years it took. Wow. I, watched, I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, and my first reaction was, he's finished the song. That's great. Wow. <laughs> <You know>? wow. <laughs> yes, I recognized the bits. That were the first bit, is this the real life? Well, Brian had written a song called The Real Life, and the co- and, the, and the hook line was, yes. this is this the real life? You know, So I knew where yeah. that came from. And, uh, you know, these things don't come from nowhere, you know. It took yeah. seven years, seven yeah. years of uh, 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 to digest that and, you know, finish craft that. It. And craft okay. it, yeah. So it's not suddenly you just sat down and wrote it, you know. Yeah. It went back a long way, you
2: know. Amazing, amazing.
1: It's a very enduring element of Queen, that way mm. of weaving many songs together. They were doing it right the way up until... You know, yeah. you still sit on innuendo and and all those songs, even on the later albums, where right. each of these songs, things like the miracle, they all have different sections. Mm. Which you were sort of there at the innovation of that.
4: We didn't have the skill really to to, <laughs> to to do it. You know, it took a long time, I suppose, for Freddie to to get it all together. But I mean, we didn't have the skill to do it. We were just starting off, really. It's taken me years to to get to the point where I can write. The kind of songs that I, I always felt i could write but it's become yeah. a lifelong obsession and i've and I've, I've got Freddie to thank for for getting me involved with songwriting i've had so much joy from it really yeah. you know and uh, and and if you do something long enough and you've got a bit of talent you get good at it and uh, you know yeah so now i've got a band of guys who love my what i do and and, and uh, i've got my own band doing my own songs and uh, you know, we're doing
1: them good now, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, so brilliant. good. Um, so I suppose that the sort of questions I have around that are, when when you're putting some disparate musical elements together like that, somehow, whenever Freddie did that, or any of Queen would do that, one of the things that always surprises me is that somehow, no matter how many different parts of the song there are, it all still feels like one song. And yeah. given that... You, you know freddie had come to you to help him figure out how to link things mm. i think that's something that fascinated that me yeah absolutely yeah i think
4: well i think if 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 it's if it's if it's strong enough if i know if a band has a sound and queen have a sound of course my band have a sound
0: you can yes. do anything
4: you can do 20s right. pastiches you can do heavy rock to heavy rock you can do right across the spectrum but you've got to have a sound the beatles proved that because they had a sound and they could do anything. Yeah. They uh, set the benchmark really for that. But a band's got, got to have right. its own sound to give it scope, you know. And uh, I, yeah, I always wanted yeah. to have that scope. I mean, a lot of you see a lot of local bands, they're one dimensional, they can do one thing. But what makes a band really good is is when they've got scope, you know. Yeah, and they're eclectic. I always wanted that. I always wanted scope, you know. I wanted a band with yeah. so you could do lots of different things.
1: So that elevation from being a band that plays covers or whatever to moving in towards uh, being a a, a band that produces original music like you do and have done for all your career now, Mm. uh, which you talk about being um, that you weren't skilled enough at that time and all that kind of stuff. How hard is it? How hard is it to move into or or to, to, to even have the confidence to move into songwriting?
4: Oh, I think you start songwriting. You're going to write a lot of crap for a start. You know, you be, I'd be to okay do with that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to do. You know, and then you, you, gradually you learn the ropes. You know, but mm. uh, that started me off, and uh, and I, 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 as I say, I was obsessed. I got obsessed with it, and it's all down to Freddie. It's all thanks to Freddie. Wow. I, mm. uh, that kicked me off. But you know, I'm I'm more drawn towards. Uh, uh, blues and soul uh, and what they call Americana music now, I don't like the term, but, mm. you know, I, I, I'm i very traditional really, much more traditional than, uh, than the guys in Queen, you know? mm. I like the kind of the Woody Guthrie tradition, you know, and uh, uh, I mean it all comes from here, uh, through Welsh hymns and, and English folk music and uh, and, and Irish and Scottish folk music that went to America and, and it all linked up with the with African music um, and we got rock and roll, you know. Yeah. And that's what interests me, the, the roots of it really, you know. And so they call my band Americana Band, I suppose. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but but big influence for me was uh was the band, Bob Dylan. Oh, they yeah, were very, they're yeah. very important to me. And for Tim Staffel it was Raikuda. And I think that right. was part, that was the moment when he decided that, you know, he wanted to play more uh, uh, American music, really, rather than progressive or, or heavy rock. I think he felt, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking for Tim, but I think he probably felt the same as me, you know, that it was, that was the important stuff, really. Uh, yeah. You know, when we were listening to Yes and Led Zeppelin, that, as I say, I, I was thinking, well, where's Muddy Waters? You know, where's Howlin' Wolf? you know, where's Otis Redding, where's uh, Ray Charles, you know, because that's the stuff that I love, you know. It's
1: mm. so what you and Jeff Beck found yourselves chatting about a lot, wasn't it, the uh, the sheer yeah. blues influence of everything.
4: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he was amazing, wasn't he? Was yeah. just so sad that he died, yeah. But yeah, what a lovely yeah, guy, yeah. what a lovely guy. He was just great. It's very blessed to, to to meet him. Twice I first met him, he was pushing his Porsche down uh, down Wardour street I didn't know. he was wearing he was wearing, he was wearing overalls and uh his hands were covered in oil and he was what this guy waving to me i didn't know who he was and i got behind the back of the car and pushed and he steered it into the side and then he came back and he was jeff thought. so I, saw I, went, he said, I said i said are you playing anyway i said i'm playing down at the, at the marquee tonight so i went down to see him and he turned up and he was still in his overalls with his with his black uh, hands, you know, oil on his hands, and he played Green Sleeves, which was quite uh, oh. a contrast with his uh, with his outfit. You know, and uh, there was Rod Stewart and singing, and there was uh, Ronnie Wood and uh, uh, Nicky Hopkins on the piano, and Vicky Waller on the drums. It was uh, the, the Jeff Black band, I and mean, it was great. Yeah, but... Wow! <laughs>
1: yeah. Honestly, the way you tell it, it's almost like. Everyone was just hanging around. I, the, the one that I noticed was when you went off to watch, um, uh, what was the Peter Cook and Dudley Moore movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bedazzled. 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 And yeah. then you ra- ran into the actress on the tube <laughs> on the way <laughs> well, home. My, How's that going to happen? Well,
4: in my three flatmates, we, we, we went down to the, the Square Tube station, which fell, and the, the, carri- the, 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 uh, the tube train came in, and there were some empty carriages at the back. So we got on one of those, and there was one person on the carriage, and it was uh, it was Eleanor Bron. That's we went, insane! I just went up to her and said, "We've just been a bit bedazzled, isn't it amazing <laughs> that bumping into you?" Anyway, being Beatles fans, we wanted to know about help. She'd been in help, yeah, of course. And she yes. said, "Oh well, we went to the Bahamas, and that uh, we weren't allowed out. Uh, Richard Lester he wouldn't let us out because we didn't. She didn't want us to get suntans." before they went to the Alps to do the the snow scenes, you know. Mm. Uh, so you learn these these little nuggets of information, you know. But what a, what a thrill to be able to go to uh, the Bahamas with the Beatles, you know. Wow. wow. <laughs> Look, lucky girl, you know.
2: <laughs> I think what's great, as, as you mentioned earlier, so sort of you... You you've peppered stories with with smile and Queen throughout it as and I think you know certainly when I I sat down to read the book I did so as a Queen fan wanting to hear those stories but yeah. the book really does draw you in to so much more than that um, yeah and I think the thing that I take away from it is is you've had an extraordinary journey and and series of adventures and you know not at the the level of fame and fortune. That Queen enjoyed, but you get a sense that you've you've been creatively fulfilled because you've been able to to pursue the music you love rather than compromise it in any other way is it, that sounds like success to me would you would you change that or I like happy? to think
4: I like to think that now yeah yeah I mean there was there was a time when it was it was tough you know uh I'd had a premonition that I was going to be in 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 this band, Smile, and I wasn't going to be in it for very long. So I already knew the score. (laughs) Yes, yeah. But then, uh, when they did become famous, it wasn't easy, you know. Mm, I was skint a lot of the time and, you know, and and, and, uh, I was trying to put this band together and I wasn't having a lot of success. So, but now I think, well, even that, is interesting, you know, sociologically interesting, mm. as my uh, saxophone player used to say. And uh, I just think uh, I've been very lucky, really. And I was lucky to meet those guys and a lot of the people that I've met, really, and famous and not famous, you know. i had a, a rich mm. musical life. I'm, I'm very lucky, yeah.
2: I mean, you've, you've made music your life, and that's you know, for a lot of people, they can't manage that. So that's that's huge.
4: You know, I've got a, a lovely wife and, a, a, and, and, and wonderful kids, and all grown mm. up now, and, uh, and, and and grandchildren. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm a happy man. Really,
2: yeah. And you're still playing and still writing.
4: Still, still writing and still playing, still recording. Yeah, yeah.
2: What What prompted you to um, to sit down and write the book?
4: Was, was... Uh, COVID. I just wanted to do something uh, to keep myself sane so I didn't go stir crazy, you know, because I think everybody's suffered with COVID. I think everybody's, to some extent, their mental health has suffered, you know. Mm. We we all have, you know. I mean, I found it difficult just to go to the pub after COVID. I had to get back to my... uh, to my safety zone you know what I mean and I think a lot of people feel like that so I I just wanted to something that I did every day you know mm. and I oh. wrote for two or three hours every day and uh, and, and it turned out to be 100 chapters by the time i finished. finished yeah. you know? and yeah. uh, and I just thought well I might as well send this off to a few uh, agents and publishers you know and luckily I got a publishing deal yes, and so I like nice. the way the book's done the guy um uh, he's an artist himself, and he he's, he's done a nice job with the book. It's nicely presented, you know, the way that yeah, I wanted yeah. it to. So, I couldn't have done it any better myself, really. If I'd done it, if I'd been in charge of the artwork, he's done a great job, yeah. really.
1: The illustrations are incredible. There are some. Stunning photographs, some really revelatory mm. photographs. Uh, and and some beautiful drawings as well.
4: Oh my my wife did some of the drawings. She's my really? editor and grammar bully, you see. <laughs> now, if you got an editor they wouldn't be as honest with you. But she'd just throw the, she'd just throw the chapter back at me and say You've got to do that again, it's crap. You
2: know,
4: a proper editor would be more polite. So that and also she's a, she's a grammar snob, so
1: that helped. One of the images that really struck me was, uh, I think, one of your early bands, and it was the four of you in a diamond formation on a black background.
4: Oh, that wasn't a band. That was my mates from college. We we were just taking photographs. I mean, we'd been encouraged to take photographs of ourselves. And we were just sitting in our flat. And uh, it just happened that Mike was uh, set the camera up and he, he went and sat at the front and the three of us were behind him and it formed a diamond thing. And I just said, I think that may have had an influence on somebody's second album. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Freddie would have seen that, that image at some point. He would have right? seen that. He would seen all our photographs, yeah. yeah. not that amazing? Yeah. yeah.
1: All the DNA of things. Um, yeah. Do you feel that you were part of a very creative generation think, and spurt well, it, it, might,
4: it might sound pretentious. I, I think it was a little art movement. you know. Somebody mm. become, might become Picasso or Brack and other guys are not so well known, you know. But me and Tim are For still every what out, what there's a
1: Salieri. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well exactly me and Tim
4: are still doing what we're doing, you know. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah.
1: Doing... Tim's got a new album out. It's really cool. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, I'll send you some albums if you like. I've done oh, a please. lot it's nothing like Queen at all. I have no fins on my trousers I don't don't wear capes
2: (laughs) but that's the only difference (laughs) that's it, yes (laughs) yeah Oh brilliant. Well, look, it's been lovely to talk to you, Chris. Thank you. So it's called The Smile File, the Precursor's Queen. Um, That's right, published by Aureus, is that right? And
4: Aureus Books.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I got my copy from Amazon. Is there are there other places you can get it? I mean,
4: uh you can get it from a lot of bookshops that go through uh Gardeners. Right. Uh, for for instance Waterstones, you can get it from Waterstones. Brilliant. They don't they're not stocking it, but you can order it from them. Great. Yeah. You know, Roe and I both
2: really enjoyed it's a cracking read it and, really is uh, you know very satisfying for queen fans but actually really satisfying for just fans of music to be honest and I, yes yeah particularly from that that era well you got me at the fo guitar <laughs> that was that was
1: the fo guitar that was the you know it was really yeah, early yeah. on in the book and i'm like oh i'm yeah. utterly charmed by this narrator now <laughs> this is, i don't know
4: I don't know if you oh, remember yeah. that moment. Uh, oh, the, the FO guitar, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was uh, Roy Henry told me I should get an FO guitar. What he meant was an F hole guitar. <laughs> I, went to the, I went to the music shop and asked for an F-O guitar. My mother never let me forget it. Whenever the guitar came up in our house, she'd say, Is it an F hole guitar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant!
1: It's a glorious read. I, I yeah. warmly encourage our listeners to um, to get hold of oh, it. Oh,
2: please, please do, please do. Yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks thank for your you time. Should... Thanks for joining us on the Queen's Pod. A it's a been legend. such great to talk to you. And an um, a
4: pres- pressure, and a privilege. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Play the game. Play
0: the game. Play the game.
2: Okay, now it's time to play the game.
3: Sam, what have you got for us this week? Yes, hi guys. I have a question from the wonderful Scott Gardner today. Hello, Scott. If you remember, back in an episode, uh, John <laughs> Robbins mentioned that uh, he got a lift off somebody, I think a cab driver, who had never heard of Queen. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which blew my mind, says Scott, uh, as I always thought of people who hadn't heard of Queen as needles in a haystack. Since then, he's been wasting his time watching YouTube videos of people's reactions to hearing Queen for the first time. Ah. So, with this in mind, if you had to pick a Queen song to hear again for the first time, what would it be? That's a great question. question. For Scott, obviously, Bohemian Rhapsody is banned. banned, He has banned that. Yeah, no, that's Um, that's fair. So he would probably go for Millionaire's Waltz. It's got a bit of everything in it. <laughs> oh, nice, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a great choice. Yeah, I mean, we got to do that recently for the first time in bloomin' ages with "Face It Alone" and all the other miracle yes. tracks. Yeah, so that was really special. Certainly, yeah. listening to "Face It Alone" and remembering what it was like running home with the tape you just bought from Wil- Woolworths and putting it on and listening to an album for the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hearing these songs for the first time was always just an incredible experience. Yeah,
2: if I had to, to I, I'm going with because I have such a vivid memory of the first time I heard it. And I that's... hope it's not the right, the same as mine. I like... don't know. Well, no, well, should we try? Yeah, should we see. On the count of three, because we don't believe in coincidences, do we? No, no,
1: can't happen. On the count of three. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Rocket Prime Drive. Innuendo a great choice. I I
2: so remember hearing when it for it came the first time. Yeah, one. yeah. Oh my god! And hearing it and just thinking, this is, they're they're back. Yes. you know, with all of so that. innovative, yeah. so
1: different, so distinctive, so original. What all those sort of like epi- you know
2: little chapters in the song. It Innuendo's takes on such a journey, and it just, the way it opens is just so big and huge and majestic. And I just thought, and it was like twenty minutes long or whatever it was. It was just. The load of queenness.
0: While the sun hangs in the sky and the desert has set, while the waves crash in the sea.
1: You, we still have vivid memories mm. all these decades later of the first time we heard that song yeah. and yeah, yeah. what it meant to us. And
2: I mean, I've forgotten so much stuff. I, in my no, life, but but yours are, is a good shout because yeah, we. Talk, so. I mean, we've talked about the first time that Sam heard. Yeah, it and and I love that phrase It's, and then it. Happens. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you just think, you know, it. I, I, I mean, anything off the game, I'd happily hear for the first time ever. Certainly Dragon Attack and all that kind of stuff. But yes, that track in particular, I think, and you've talked about it as well. You have this arpeggiated opening. You think it's going to be this ballad. Roger's singing this. Oh, it's, it is Freddie at the top, isn't it? Roddy, yeah. uh, Freddie yeah, yeah. at the top singing these beautiful wild notes over the top. And it's so simple and everything. And then it just kicks off. Mm. It kicks off in a way that is still so cool, and you, you I, I, I remember. I think you I, I, th- I think I was lying in bed listening to it on my little tape player thing. You know, listening to these tracks, and on it came, and then suddenly it goes. And I remember sitting bolt upright, mm. just bolt upright, and then jumping around my room within yeah. within seconds. You know? Yeah. When is-
2: Well, there's a theme here, isn't it? Because it's, it's songs that start off as one thing and then go completely in a different direction mm. to what you're expecting. Because mm. I was thinking about if, if I'd been back in the time and I'd heard this song for the first time when it first came out, mm. rather than mm. if I didn't know any Queen and someone played it to me now. Mm. Another one that I liked on was Brighton Rock. Yes. Which again, is this, yes. it starts off and you think, what is this? Yeah. And yeah, then it becomes right. something completely different. Yeah, that
1: blew my mind. But they all blow your mind. I know.
2: Right from the very
1: beginning, Freddie in particular, he, w- he would have bits of songs and then put them, to find ways to put yeah. them together to in a way that made a, a, a whole song. Uh, I think my favourite example of that is probably Princess of the Universe. Yes. Where like they're all just completely different bits of song <laughs> that are all put <laughs> yes. into this one yeah, song, yeah. but it works as one song. Yeah. It all belongs to that song. Oh, the the one that, that 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 happened to me. We I was listening to some of the miracle stuff again, and it's the riff at the end of "Hang On In There."
2: Yes.
0: It's
1: just, it's just... Absolutely awesome riff, but you just think any other Poison would have made a whole song out. Of that. <laughs> just that one riff, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you know Brian just said, oh, "I'll just chuck that away on a B side <laughs> somewhere." <laughs> you
0: I know. know.
2: Incredible the it's, talent of these. That people. is such a good question. That I mean, a I, great question. I know it's going to be one of those ones. I'm going to be on the tube on the way home. I'm going to be. Oh, and there's that one. All oh, of them. I'd like to hit all of them for the. F- yeah. I would like to. Have amnesia and wake
1: up tomorrow, f- having forgotten absolutely everything, especially taxes, and,
0: uh,
2: <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and just get to listen. But there's to something wonderful, moment. isn't there, about because we know Queen, we've we love it, and we've listened to it all, and we, we, you know, when you watch a YouTube video of someone hearing it for the first time, you're almost like, oh, you'd wait, just you wait till you hear this. Well, I mean,
1: certainly have you know these discussions that Sam and I have been having. I mean, it is it is really special? I know a lot of listeners have, have talked about sharing. Sharing the music with their kids now at mm. this point, and 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 certainly d- having a chat with Sam after each time he's broken a new album in, uh, uh, or um, I mean, there's still a couple you haven't. Yeah, listened to.
3: there's still a few I've not. I've, there's still Queen I've not heard. That's for sure. I've not listened. Can to we on the a albums. pod? Can we play you a song for the first time? We, yeah. we can. We tried that. Oh. on Podmus, if Didn't you we? remember. Yeah, Dad oh, made the party. me. Yeah, Dad made me. <laughs> He listened to the shocky Ship and the Party. Okay, uh, so do you want to try it with a which uh, Which stuff? albums what? have you yet? Which <laughs> albums have you yet to to
2: to, uh, to listen? You probably don't know because you've not listened to them.
3: I've not done all of the works. Oh, okay, okay. And pretty much there onwards, like I've done a kind of Magic, but I've not done all of Innuendo.
2: Okay, let's pick a track and yeah, maybe in a miracle. Subject Maybe in heaven, heaven. You haven't done
3: Made in Heaven. Yeah, right. Okay, that's so. Have you heard Man on the Prowl? Maybe we'll something? do like a. No, I've not heard Man on the Prowl. Yeah, exactly. There we are. Okay, we've got... Maybe we'll do a poll on <laughs> Facebook or something. Oh, if that's there, a good idea. So, okay, it? so
2: we'll create a list of songs that you've not heard. And yeah. We'll ask the listeners to vote for which ones... Say two or three that we can play to Sam for the first time. That's the perfect format feature point to replace uh, the Queen moment of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Something that actually will be interesting. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much <laughs> for listening. Uh, and of course, to the wonderful Chris Smith for joining us and um, telling us about his fascinating time with uh, the precursors of Queen. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Charia, as You're always. Very and um, we'll see you all again soon. Keep on rocking, guys.
0: Bye. <laughs>
3: This has been The Queen Pod, a Seven Seas Films production. Edited and produced by me, Sam Easton. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and stay in touch by emailing queenpod at thequeenpodcast.com Thanks for listening and see you next time.